The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Lisa, thanks for joining us today. Thrilled to be back. Yes, it's good to have you back. It, we are well overdue um, for this <laughs> interview. I feel like we've been talking about it since you came on, so I'm glad we finally made it happen. That's cool. It's probably been two years and it feels like it's been a few months. Right. <laughs> well, good deal. So how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, I'm Lisa Cummings, founder of Lead Through Strengths, and we specialize in virtual trainings where we help teams figure out how to get results by using their natural talents, by leaning into their strengths rather than spending a lot of wasted energy on fixing what's broken about them. I love it. Yeah. And I think this is incredibly powerful too, when it comes to negotiation and conflict resolution, because um, if you have a better understanding of your strengths, then you can create strategies around those strengths to maximize your persuasive um, endeavors. So we're excited to have you. And uh the three things that we're going to talk about today are, first of all, we're going to answer the question, are strengths even useful in difficult times? So it is currently March 27th, and it seems like the world is on fire. Um, so I think it's first important to talk about whether or not this is timely with regard to the value of strengths at this time. The second thing we're going to talk about is reframing your default response to difficult conversations. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how all of this applies in remote working environments, because now more than ever, people are going to be working remotely and we're going to have to persuade and resolve conflict virtually. So I think that that's very timely now. So how about we start off before we get into those three things by talking about what it means, what we mean by strengths in this situation? Yes. Oh, that's a great thing to do. So you'll here as a listener, you'll hear us talking about this assessment called Clifton Strengths. You can get this thing through the book Strengths Finder 2.0. So you can go to Amazon or wherever you would buy a book and grab Strengths Finder 2.0 and you'll get a code. And what this is looking for definition wise is how you naturally think or feel or act when you're at your default. And those things are your natural talents. And then if you actually invest in those natural talents and apply them with some purpose, they can help you get results on the job more easily. They can bring you 
excellence that you didn't find otherwise. And the easy way that I like to say it is, if you lean on your strengths, it's going to strengthen your performance. And if you're leaning on your weaknesses all day, every day, it's going to weaken your performance. I like that. Oh, that's that's powerful. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because it seems like a lot of times people are focused on their weaknesses and just how to make those better instead of what it is that they're actually good at. Yeah, and I guess there are a lot of reasons for it. Um, traditional development is like that in a corporate environment. Many years we've been figuring out how to bring up our gaps and make sure that we don't have any weak spots or we've been hearing about things like the weakest link in a chain and you don't want to be seen as the weakest link and you want to make sure that you don't have any weak links. But this is a totally different way of approaching it and it's very high leverage. You can get so much stronger results when you're leaning on your strengths as a way to get things done. So it doesn't change what you do on the job, but it would change how you approach those things. So it's kind of like having an extra tool in your career arsenal that you might not have thought of before. Definitely. Great. Well, let's roll right into that question. Are strengths useful in difficult times under stress? Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. What a timely question. And I'll tell you, when I do virtual training many times, if you have a resistor, we don't have so many resistors, but the people who have the proverbial folded arms, like when is this thing going to be? Here's the kumbaya training where we're all going to talk about puppy dog kisses and cotton candy, you know, the kind of person who's, who's like, I don't want to do another personality assessment type of thing. Well, when they hear about how strengths can actually be a way of working through conflict, figuring out your best path to deal with a difficult colleague, teammate, situation. They're like, oh, okay, so this is this is kind of unique. It's a different way to process how I'm thinking about this stuff or a different utility for these. So definitely, and I think the main reason is that they're easy to access. So when people give you tools for how to deal with difficult conversation, for example. A lot of times it's a script or it's a framework for how you think or a model, and those are pretty standardized. And what I think is really cool about using your strengths is that, hey, you have this combination, your top five talent themes. The chances that anyone else has these is one in 33 million. The chance, those are the chances that someone would have the same top five in the same order. So it's kind of like this thing that says, the situation's really complex. There's a lot to it. Yes, I can use some standard models to zoom out and do my basic thinking, but how am I going to put my unique differentiators on this? How can I apply something that comes easily to me and still feel like I have, you know, when people feel out of control, um, this gives them a feeling of control and power under that anxiety. So I love strengths for this because they're easy to access in good times and they're easy to access in tough times too. That's spot on. It makes a lot of sense. And I really like uh, the fact that you you explained how rare it would be to have perfect overlap between uh, people when it comes to the strengths. I One of the things I like to say is that we're all created equally, but we're also created differently. And um, the more you know yourself and understand yourself, the, the more effective you're going to be in your role. And now rolling into that second question about reframing 
our default response to difficult conversations. What does that mean from a strengths perspective? Mm. Okay, tell me for a listener out there, what kind of difficult conversation they're dealing with today. Give me an example. Yeah, so one of the things that comes up is uh, for a leader, a lot of the the folks in the audience, they're leading in some capacity or collaborating with people. And so let's say it's a situation where you are working with somebody on a team. And now probably it's, it's virtually. <laughs> so we're in a situation mm-hmm. where we used to collaborate in person, but now we are forced to, due to circumstances, collaborate virtually. So that's an added barrier. And so you're working on a project together and um, you told the, the person on your team and you thought you had an agreement as to what it was they were going to do, when they were going to do it, and how they were going to do it. And then as time went on, it was very clear that they failed to do it <laughs> in the way that you discussed and um, in the timeline that you discussed as well. So now we have a situation where a difficult conversation is about to happen. Okay, this is great. And this also brings in a lot of the dynamics that you might have with making assumptions about other people in the same thing that happens in any negotiation because you know what's going on in your head. You're telling stories about what's going on in their head because you don't know. And so let's say you're this manager and this person on your team is missing deadlines. Now you as the leader, say you lead through the discipline talent theme. So you're really great at having a project plan for everything. You know the dependent tasks. You know what has to happen by what deadline in order for the overall project to stay on track, and you're really good at that. You lead through analytical, so you might have some dashboards that are keeping the whole thing going. You lead through focus, and you have no problem buckling down and getting work done. You lead through achiever, so you keep a very strong to-do list. So that's you as a manager. Now, this person leads through adaptability. They're great at going with the flow, keeping things moving, being very present with whatever is going on in the moment. And I'll just stop there instead of giving 20 examples about each person, but let's even just go with that perspective. Now the leader, maybe their default reaction is that in a regular work situation when they're in the office together, this leader does the check-in, the management by walking around thing where they're like, hey, how's it going? What's up with the latest thing here? And they can just kind of drop in conversationally how that, how is that project going? And they get their status update and they know if things are on track or off track. Suddenly now they're thrust into this virtual world. They're not familiar with how the operating kind of standards are going to feel with each other. And they're in the dark and now this person's missed the deadline and they're, they're ticked. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days. 
all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. Higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do with strengths in terms of this reframe is if this manager is feeling really annoyed right now, if this person missed the deadline, they didn't give me any heads up about it, um, they are now they've gone dark, teammates can't even reach them, we're all getting really frustrated with this person, what in the world is going on? So what I like to do is give them the visual of a funnel. So imagine a funnel, but flip it upside down, where the little tip is at the top. And anytime you have a challenging situation, you can just drop the challenge in the top, and then filter through your top five talent themes and it gives you some options for how you could handle this situation productively that are different from your default. And so the reason why I like to think of it as the upside down funnel is that instead of like the normal where you drop in a bunch of leads and then you, you know, you come down into the, the one thing that remains, this is more like you drop in one thing and you come out with this expanse of options. And if you run through these in your mind really quickly, you can think, all right, if I led through this in a positive, mature way, what else could it create for me that is good? So if this leader is analytical, maybe that leader could share some of the charts and dashboards that she typically would give to the team and pass it, passes it along like as a way to contribute to the team and says, hey, I use this dashboard and I use it in conjunction with the project plan to get status updates and then it might be the way that is the opener for this person. Hey, we don't have any of your data. It seems like your stuff is missing. Um, but it could be this piece where it's feeding in and it gives that person a sense of need to contribute to this overall dashboard because everybody else has put their stuff in. Maybe the manager has a great uh, way of focusing and buckling down and getting work done. Meanwhile, the team doesn't know how to do that because uh, when you lead through focus, you can kind of go in your mental cave and get a lot of stuff done and the whole world could be exploding around you and you don't notice because you just needed to crank it out for two hours and that was no problem for you to do it. So maybe you give them some of your contributions. You share some ideas for how you can get in that kind of buckled down mindset. Maybe you share the Pomodoro technique with them or you tell them about your timers or you give them some, it's kind of like letting them draft off of your talent themes. So in some ways you could do it like a, um, allow them to draft off of some of your tips and tactics and techniques that you use, these things that come really easily to you that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to do. Maybe you have Gantt charts and PERT charts and all sorts of crazy project management sort of stuff that they don't have and they've never thought of and they really value using your tools. And let's flip it from the other side. You start to look at their talent themes and offer them some positive intent. So I mentioned that this team member who's behind has adaptability, leads through adaptability. 
that's a theme that allows someone to feel really present and in the moment. Well, maybe the situation right now has made their whole work world explode. Maybe they have a client base who's really been in need and this person is actually volunteering their talents in the moment. They've blown up everything else that was going on at work to help one of their biggest customers and they just didn't communicate back to their leader that they had changed all of their priorities in order to save this biggest customer and do a thing. So if you're a leader and you're not thinking, well, what, what might they be doing right now? Oh, they're probably really present, really in the moment. Maybe it's, maybe it's not good for work. Maybe they're in the moment because they're just trying to figure out how to navigate working at home with a significant other and a kid running around being loud and some of the things that are going on that people are getting used to. But it could also be that they're in the moment serving a customer. So the idea of this filter is you have your default response, but if your default response isn't getting you the answers you want, or it doesn't feel like the most mature way to handle it, or you've tried it and it didn't work and you need other options, run through your top five talent themes and they'll give you ideas for other ways to handle the situation. Those ways will be easy to access because your talent themes are always easy to access for you, even when you're stressed out. And they'll allow you to show up at your personal best. It's kind of like, you can always count on your personal leadership showing up and looking good when you're leaning on your talent themes to respond. That makes a lot of sense. And now I'm thinking about some of the difficult conversations or difficult situations in general uh, that I've found myself in, especially now since uh, business has been turned upside down. Um, most of the listeners know that my trainings were all for the most part, in person. And so um, my calendar <laughs> has been wiped out. And so the uh, the first response was panic, absolute panic. <laughs> but then mm. thinking about my strengths, it's strategy. I, I haven't officially gone through the uh, the, the training, the, um, the test, but I do know I, I do enjoy strategic thinking. Um, and then when I started to think strategically about the situation and we transitioned more to, to virtual delivery of, of services, things started to feel a little bit better. Things started to make sense. I started to calm down and then I was able to create a plan and begin to execute on it. And so it seems as though the 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 knowledge of your strengths helps to have a, a bit of a calming effect, um, which then allows you to think more clearly and more creatively about potential solutions and alternatives. Yeah, they can give you, I love how you said that, because they can bring you some calm where you go, okay, I've got this. And you also brought up something that sparked for me that I think is really important. My take on strengths comes from this lens of natural talent. And I mentioned it's how you operate, but there's this whole other category of what you know, skills, your expertise, your experiences. And so if a listener wants to go through this exercise and they're going through a stressful time right now and think, what are all of the th areas where I am strong that I could lean on? I would divide a piece of paper in half and on one side write the what, and on the other side, write the how. And on the what side, write down all of the skills, experiences, where's your education, where do you have subject matter expertise, what are the types of things that you would write on your resume, those things that would serve you as strengths. And then the how, those are things you could get from the Clifton Strengths or the Strengths Finder assessment. It would be how you think, how you relate to people, how you influence others, how you get things done. And so what came up for me, Kwame, when you were giving the example, I was like, oh yeah, you know, we do virtual all the time with each other. So when I 
imagine you delivering virtual training instantly. I'm like, you have a great personality, you're fun loving, it comes across very naturally on camera. So you have this natural way on the what side of being comfortable on camera, allowing your personality to shine through, understanding the platform so that the technology itself isn't going to get in your way. A lot of these things where you could just look at your list of what you already know and go, yeah, I've got this. This doesn't scare me at all. This just is a natural extension. So there's another angle of strengths. Normally, I don't talk a lot about those in my training classes other than just kind of bringing that up as this other piece that exists out there, but bring together the what and the how, and then you have a really good list of ways to feel strong. That's great. And I think this this adds another really critical layer to the way that we prepare for these difficult conversations. And uh, my listeners are probably saying to themselves, oh boy, here's Kwame talking about preparation again. Uh, but <laughs> I will talk about it in every single episode because it's so powerful. <laughs> it is so powerful. I, I remember there was a study where they, when it comes to negotiation, they had um, a group of, I think it was 230 mock negotiations like in a laboratory setting. And they had one group of people prepare and another group of people have the negotiations without preparation and the difference was this the group that prepared was able to the, well i should say the groups because it was several iterations of this they were able to create on average 11 percent more value for themselves and at the same time six percent more value for the other side um, during the negotiation and that's not even talking Whoa. about new skills or anything that's just preparing so wow. um, for the listeners out there, if you want to prepare more effectively, um, make sure to go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide and get access to our free negotiation preparation guide. That's the plural <laughs> because <laughs> it's not just the regular negotiation preparation guide. You have salary negotiation, conflict resolution, car negotiation, introvert negotiation guide. It's it's up to, I think it's 18 different guides you can get for free at that link. So, so make sure you get that. But Lisa, I love this layer of strengths because now we're taking that general preparation and we're making it more specifically tailored to the needs of the person at hand focusing yes. on the strength and what you've been through yes oh my gosh and while you were saying it i was thinking you know who else agrees with you on this preparation thing you cannot feel bad about beating it over and over again because daniel goleman who is often considered the world's foremost expert on emotional intelligence harvard professor has written all of the kind of standard books on emotional intelligence his deal is that the cornerstone of emotional intelligence is being able to create more space between the stimulus and the response. And so in this case of a difficult conversation, if the stimulus is the thing that got you amped up or ticked off or whatever it was or stressed you out, then what you're doing during that time while you're taking that pause before you respond is, in my example here, in that pause, you're thinking, how can I lead through my strengths? How can I show up at my best? How can I use what comes naturally to me and redirect it in a mature way so this conversation goes well? So it's just another layer of mental preparation to add to what you were talking about. So cool. This, that's great. That is great. Fantastic. And I think this transitions really well into our third point when we're talking about our strengths and how we can use it effectively in this new virtual world that we find ourselves in. So what changes, what stays the same when we consider virtual communication? 
Yes. I mean, one of the easiest things that a listener could do, even if they haven't taken the assessment, is what are some of those tendencies? Like, for example, imagine you mentioned you have the guide for introverts. That's such so cool, by the way. Um, it made me think of someone who leads through the talent theme of intellection and relator. Often they will tell me they feel like they're the world's biggest introverts. And now they suddenly have to work from home and people are putting them on, under pressure to do those Brady Bunch calls where everybody's on video <laughs> and they're thinking in the moment and they're like, I don't like anything, any of this. Well, suddenly you're thinking, how can I use that if you're leading through your strengths? How can I use that to do this thing better? I need to suddenly work from home. So how could I use intellection? So intellection is deep thinking, being well-researched, being well-thought before you give a response. Like they will definitely think before they speak. And so if that's an example where in a real-life negotiation where you're in person with each other, Maybe it's been uncomfortable because people don't give you the airtime. They don't give you that space and you feel like you're always fighting to be able to pause because they'll start talking over you. Maybe you find that working from home in a virtual environment, people are used to some like awkward pauses and things being a little different. So you could go on camera and just give them that finger thing. That means where you hold up a finger and it's like, oh, one second. And you give them the visual and then they wait on you. And now you can decide, I'm going to link them out to an article that is the really deep thinking on it, where you can now say, the short answer is X, but there's this really great depth that you should give a look here, boom, and they pop it in the chat box. Now you could see the work from home environment as allowing you to have techniques or avenues that you couldn't do in person. So really getting creative with all right, what do I naturally need to do, want to do, like to do, and then how could I apply that to remote work and actually make it an advantage. That's great. And maybe we should spend some time thinking about the the strengths um, or the, the, the people who might struggle with this um, based on their strengths and what they can do. Because like we said earlier, um, we want to focus on our strengths in order to maximize success more so than strengthening our weaknesses. But there might be a situation where there are certain strengths where um, virtual communication is just definitely going to be a weakness, but now it's unavoidable. So mm. what do you do in those situations? So there are many things that pop up. Let's say if virtual, give me an example of someone who might think virtual communication is going to feel like a weakness to them. Just kind of give me, give me the inside their mind, what self-talk is going on. Well, I think the, the people who come to mind, uh, based on my experience thus far, and I don't think this is like a, <laughs> definitely isn't like a strength uh, type of or, or weakness type of thing. It's just somebody who's not familiar with the technology and somebody who would prefer to do things the, uh, the old way. And I think in many ways, I'm like that, not particularly with this technology, but just in general. I know when I was, um, I, I teach, I'm a professor at the at OSU's law school and um, at Otterbein University's MBA program. And um, when they said, oh yeah, you can give the students uh, assignments through this this portal, this student portal, I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to learn this thing. I'm going to email you and you students will adjust. Um, so for somebody where where flexibility is difficult in um, in certain circumstances, but now they, they're forced to be flexible, um, how do they overcome that? Okay. So I'm just going to make up an imaginary person. Let's say they lead through the consistency talent and the learner talent. So consistency is one that loves to do the, a similar thing. They, they might like fairness a lot and being able to treat everybody the same, but they also will often like doing similar things repeatedly so that it can be well honed, so that you can be efficient, so that you can have those operational standards. So if this feels like, oh, ugh, I don't want to change. We're already so solid, so efficient in our other way. I don't want to drop those assignments that way. Then you could imagine... If you flip that around and reframed it as an opportunity, you could think, look, most of the team isn't used to working this way. I could create a guide for having a great conversation, and it would be like the checklist of the, the first 10 things that you want to do when you jump on a call. And at first, you're leading through consistency and you don't know anything, but oh, look, you happen to have the learner talent as well and the input talent as well. And those love learning new things and sharing them with others. So imagine now you make a checklist that is, hey, if you're not familiar with the technology, first thing you wanna do, log in, click mute, grab a pair of earbuds so that you don't get the echoey sound, elevate your laptop and make sure that your whole face is in the frame so it's not cutting off your chin or know your platform so that if it shows a little thumbnail of all of your colleagues and now they're covering up your mouth, people can't see it. So maybe you need to um, play around a little bit with a recording and see what it looks like and realize, oh, no, if I step back from the camera a little bit further, then I'm in frame properly, but now I can't reach my keyboard if I need to type something. Okay, now I need an external keyboard. So you start to learn the things that you need, you get it all in a checklist, and now you could share it with your peers so that they know, oh, here are these 10 things that they're gonna do. Now all of a sudden your team is operating under a new smooth standard. You don't hear all of your teammates accidentally using the bathroom and not muting themselves. And you, <laughs> you've, got, you've got all of those snafus that were happening, but very quickly they go away because you had a strong desire to get back to finding a normal standard operating procedure. So you contributed it to the team. So it just is a reframe. It's like, okay, I have a drive to feel this way. So let myself feel this way. Let myself do, let me do this thing. And then I'll give it to others. Give yourself permission to get back to your new normal and say, oh, I strive for consistency. Instead of striving for the old consistency, I'm going to, I'm just going to create a new consistency. So a lot of it is what would I naturally do well at? And um, like, for example, I lead through this talent theme called Woo. And it's this social variety. I, I'm, I am very sociable. I lead through a couple of other that are very relationship focused, like individualization and positivity. So I like, I like me some humans. I like some social interaction. <laughs> but I also live as a hermit out in the woods. And so uh, in some ways, being in this social isolation situation, I feel totally normal, like nothing has changed. But what I'm missing are my Mondays where I got my social interaction, that is a strong need of woo, positivity, individualization. I used to go into town and to see the other humans on Mondays, and I would take drum lessons, and I would have a jam session, and I would set up social time, and I would have networking meetings, and I would do my client meetings, and all of the in-person stuff would happen on Mondays. So now I'm totally missing 
the interaction of other humans. And I know I need to feed those or else I'm going to feel drained. Because if you let your talents or your strengths go unfed, you start to feel like soul sucked. It's very draining. So you have to find a way to do it. So in this case, working in a remote environment, I'm setting up calls where I ask people to go on camera where otherwise we might only be on a conference call. So I can get a little more of that humanity, seeing another person. I'm leaving voice memos to people on Facebook, LinkedIn, on Voxer, on WhatsApp, instead of typing because I want to hear their voice back and I they can hear my voice and I can hear theirs. And these are just small ways of feeding my talents because really what it is feeding my needs and my motivations. So if you look at them and kind of flip them around in that way, it could be really useful. Say, oh, I have this desire. Now I'm working from home. But So what's the need that I have and how could I get it in this new normal? That's great. And I think in many ways, it's an identity shift. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a really, uh, this is like a, a therapy session for me now. Um, because huh. I was saying what I would tell them, uh, like the people who would say, yeah, you should try out this new technology. I would say, how about this? How about we pretend we play this game that I am 80 years old. If I were 80 years old, you wouldn't be forcing me to use the technology. So let's just pretend. Um, but then there's the other part of me where I'm very competitive. That's another identity that I have. Another part of me who likes learning new things and mastering new things. And so I'm thinking more in line with my traditional nature where it comes to delivering something in a consistent way that's comfortable for me. But instead, there are other elements of my, um, my personality that would be beneficial uh, in in uh, making the most of this new world and this new situation that could actually be true incredibly beneficial um and so like you said in the in the most recent point reframing um in by using your strengths can be incredibly powerful in in that uh, situation your example is so practical and so good for self-awareness and I think anybody could relate to that because you could say, all right, well, see, they were negotiating with a rock when you were being clever about your 80 year old self. Basically, you're just telling them no, but you're doing it in a way that would make them smile while they're hearing (laughs) it. But you're really just shutting down their their request. But if you led through your competitive nature and you ask yourself, okay, what if I get creative here? How can I show up with my best personal leadership knowing that I'm a competitive person? Well, it would be fun to feed that one by knowing you're like the best of the best. When somebody gets a virtual conversation or they wanna deliver distance learning or whatever that is around that topic, you wanna be known as the one who is tip top. You wanna be the gold standard and that would actually be fun to achieve. So now all of a sudden you were, instead of resisting putting up an activity online, not only that, you're like, oh, now I've got a digital light kit. Now I'm working with my camera angles. Now I'm working with all these different types of interactions. Now I'm seeing that we can get more accomplished through this modality that we were in the other. And now you're like, yes, I'm one of the top in the world and it's fun to be there because your competition is fed, but you're also contributing to the world by giving that out because now they're experiencing so much more from you, such a richer version of you than they got when you were being a rock. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, this is great. This is really great. Well, fantastic. We're, we're coming up on time. So before you go, I want to ask you um, if there is one key takeaway when it comes to using strengths in order to maximize persuasion that you want to leave the audience with. It is notice what works because if you can identify that in other people and you recognize that out loud, you will get more of what works. So do it both for yourself and for them. Notice what works and lean into it because it will get you more of what already works. I love it. Fantastic. And before you go, um, let the listeners know about your podcast, the business and um, any other resources like the band, all of it. Let them know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, yeah. Uh, the band is a rock your face off band called Spiral Mischief, where I'm a drummer and the singer. And the podcast is lead through no podcast don't don't do that dot com podcast is lead through strengths and then the website lead through strengths.com where you can find the virtual training and stronger teams where we meet up virtually for 12 months to nerd out on strengths i love it lisa thank you again for coming on the show always a pleasure thank you for having me it's always fun Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.